Welcome to the infamous podcast, Bitch, I'm Not Well. I'm Kelly. And I'm Brandy. And we're invested on taking you down to crazy town, where we talk about crazy bitches who are truly unwell. This one is about Jordan Lynn Graham, the bitch that was a virgin. And she don't want to lose her virginity. <laughs> okay. Which is fine. Yeah, that's great. It doesn't work out for her husband, but... Oh, wait. She wants to remain a virgin while she's married? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. Mm. Actually, I think you can separate <laughs> for non-consummation. Yeah. But that's not what she does. Okay. Jordan Lynn Graham looked forward to her wedding day since she was a little girl. She just knew that her wedding day would be magical. She imagined picking out the perfect dress, the perfect flowers, the perfect cake. Unfortunately for Jordan and her husband, Jordan didn't plan on being a wife. She only wanted the wedding. Well, damn. I know, right? Poor hubby. He was like an obstacle. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Can I just marry myself? <laughs> I'll do this every year. I'll pick out all different stuff every single year. It'll be the perfect wedding over and over. I wonder if you can rent a groom. Like, hey, we're not really going to sign the marriage certificate. <laughs> you have to say the vows. Just have, have a mirror up on the altar. You could do that. I take me to be my lawful wedded me. <laughs> I think you're amazing. <laughs> Nobody will object to this. <laughs> Jordan Lynn Graham was born in August of 1991, and she grew up in Kalispell, Montana. She was very religious and intent... <laughs> And attended church at least weekly. She was a member of the congregation with the First Baptist Church in Kalispell. Mm -hmm. She was very involved in church, the services, and any type of church event. She developed many of her closest friends through her church. And since anybody can remember, she would always say that she couldn't wait to be married to the perfect guy. She wanted to marry a great guy, have children, and be a hands-on, stay-at-home mom. So she wanted to be a mom, but she wanted to be a virgin? Yeah, I don't know if she Adoption? knew how oh. babies were made. Okay. She is 22 when she gets married, but okay. I don't know. That might have been a step that was missed in school. Like, you can't take sex ed class. He kissed me. I should be pregnant, right? <laughs> oh, my God. You touched my hand. I need to go quickly and get a pregnancy test. We're not even married yet. I need to talk to my parents. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh my God. Jordan's friends described her as very shy, but fun to be around. Jordan's unlucky groom was Cody Johnson. <laughs> And I did not realize until I was researching this what? that Cody Johnson is also a singer. Oh, okay. So it's not that Cody Johnson. No, it's not the singer Cody Johnson. Okay. This is another Cody. Okay. Uh, this Cody Johnson was born in April of 1988. <gasps> We're the same age, Cody. O-M-G. Same age. Same age. <laughs> you know, I said he was born in 1988, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> graduated. <laughs> okay, so Cody was born when I graduated high school. Still makes them real close. Y'all have that connection. It's a very important year for both of y'all. I just feel for Cody. I just, maybe that's why. He's an Aries and I'm an Aries and... You got it right here. I got him right here in my heart. Right in my chest. <laughs> oh, man. 
Wow. So Cody was born in San Jose, California, and he was raised there by his mom, who was single. Okay. In 2002, Cody and his mom moved from California to Kalispell, Montana, and Cody's first love was cars. He enjoyed working on cars, not only repairs, but also souping them up to make them go faster and I guess blinging them out to make them look better. I don't know if fast you call it blinging out. Fast and Furious Cody. He was. He was a Fast and Furious guy. <laughs> uh, Cody's friends and family described him as having a heart of gold. They said Cody was hilarious and enjoyed making people laugh, and he had a huge personality. So maybe not furious. He was just fast. Fast yeah, Cody. Not okay. so furious. <laughs> Jordan and Cody met... Uh, around Halloween in 2011. They actually met on October 30th. When they met, Cody was instantly smitten, and by the middle of November, Cody and Jordan began officially dating. Cody would attend church with Jordan and easily fit in with her friend group. They dated for about a year, and Cody proposed to her in December of 2012. Wow. That's not a whole lot of dating time. right at a month. I mean, a month, right at a year. Yeah. This was the moment that Jordan had been waiting for her entire life. She could plan her freaking wedding. What? I'm not sure if this was a religious reason or if it was a personal choice, but Jordan was a virgin and she planned on remaining a virgin until her wedding day. Cody may or may not have been excited by this belief of Jordan's, but he loved her and he didn't push her to do anything she wasn't ready to do or anything against her wishes. He respected her. He did. He was very respectful. So they were married on June 29th, 2013 in a park in Kalispell. There have been videos released from the ceremony and Cody is beaming throughout. Oh, he was happy. And at the reception, he was ecstatic. He married the love of his life. He had no eyes except for her. She was like the bee's knees. (laughs) (laughs) I love that saying. (laughs) It's so cute. Jordan, on the other hand, looked terrified at some points in the videos. Both Cody and Jordan's friends always thought that Cody was more interested in Jordan than Jordan was with Cody. Yeah, because she just wanted the wedding dress. She did. And then after she got it all, she's probably thinking, oh crap. Now what do I do? Now I got to be the wife? And have kids, and Ugh. I just found out how babies are made, so this is awkward. Cock a doo doo doo. <laughs> I'm screwed. I am so Literally. Screwed. <sighs> I am so unscrewed. It's not going to happen. Uh oh. <laughs> Some witnesses at the wedding even stated that Jordan cried too much walking <laughs> down the aisle and appeared to not want to be there. Oh my gosh. I know. That is horrible. Jordan's maid of honor, Kimberly Martinez, would later state that Jordan had been texting her all day the day of the wedding, saying that she didn't know if she wanted to go through with the wedding and that she was getting cold feet. <laughs> yeah. That's the first <laughs> issue right there. Yep. You should have just not shown up. Save everybody the trouble. Yeah. Jordan had a song specifically made for this wedding for the first dance. And the song had some lyrics that in hindsight would be seen as foreboding because of what happens after the wedding. Oh, my God. So the lyrics are, everyone wants a safe place to fall and you're mine. You helped me to climb higher for a better view. You're my safe place to fall. You never let me go. Oh. I got chills. I don't know yeah. what, what all that means yet, yeah, but you gonna see. It's actually very telling, telling about their future together. Oh my! So on the next day, this is June thirtieth, the day after the wedding ceremony, 
Jordan texted her maid of honor, Kimberly. And in the text, Jordan stated that she should be happy, but she's just not. She had a meltdown the night of the honeymoon, Mm -hmm. and she thinks she made a mistake in marrying Cody. It would later be revealed that the marriage was not consummated that night or any night because (laughs) Jordan told Cody she was on her period. Oh, Okay. On July 1st, Jordan again texts Kimberly. Now, they're on their honeymoon? Well, they had a one-night honeymoon. Okay. Yeah, so they're back. I don't know if they're planning on anything later on because they don't make it very far. Oh, God. But, yeah, they had a one-night honeymoon, and she lied and said she was on her period, so she didn't have to touch him. Okay. So, on July 1st, Jordan again texts Kimberly, and this time she said she had been crying since the wedding. Wow. Like, most people cry at the wedding because they're happy. It should be, anyway. Yeah, she yeah. should be a happy thing. <laughs> she wished somebody would have asked her before the wedding if she was sure this is what she wanted to do. Now, I'm pretty sure before they say you're now husband and wife, they ask if anybody objects to maybe this wedding. Maybe she didn't think it meant her. <laughs> like, uh, maybe so. Maybe she was like... I object to my wedding. She's like looking in the audience like, come on, people. Come like, on, Kimberly. Freaking Where are you at? I'm like, oh, nope, everything's good. She's like, Kimberly, I texted you, biatch. I've been texting you. Rise to the occasion. Yeah. Obviously didn't read the text messages. You didn't even have to read between the lines. The freaking text message said, Kimberly, I don't, I don't want to want get to married. Do this. She went on to say that she was not happy and did not want to be married. She also stated that she didn't want to go home that night because she was scared of what Cody would want to do with her. Oh. I'm thinking, you know, at That's this really point. That's really sad, though, to be that scared of it. Yeah, like, and it never says anything if she had, like, trauma. Like, how were her parents yeah, like, about it? Or was it a thing in the church that they were like, yeah, like no can do, you're going straight to hell? Yeah. Or Back in the day, I know it was like, you can't have sex on feast days and all this, and it's like 300 out of the 365 days a year. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like 300 of the days are feast days in the church. So what? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, well, it's my Anne Boleyn crap. Oh, <laughs> Back okay. then, like the, like 1500s. So all babies were born. We would and know. out of the month that you yep. could have sex. Or the two months that you, you could have sex. two days this month that you could have had sex. Oh, see. My mind went to like <laughs> 300 days consecutively. You could not have sex. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, all babies are born on the same day. Damn. Every day is a party. Every day is a party. Every damn day. Yeah, most of their feast days weren't like fun party days. It was like fast and no sex days. <sighs> Boring. I know, right? Well, I'm talking about the fasting part for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little extreme. <laughs> okay, so at this point, I'm thinking that Cody wanted to consummate their wedding. Of course. He had been celibate for going on two years because he respected Jordan's wishes to remain a virgin until marriage. He is now married and still a born-again virgin. <laughs> I feel like Jordan was being a little dramatic or really dramatic in this text. Yeah. Was she scared of his wee-wee? Because (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'm wrong, but I can't see a guy that waited to have sex with his wife until they were married because he respected her wishes would turn into a rapist after they said I do. Right, no. He obviously didn't push the issue of having sex the night of their wedding, right. a.k.a. Well, the honeymoon. She was on her period. Yeah, so I mean, or the following day. In my opinion, this guy had patience and didn't want to rush her. Yeah. He had a lot more patience than most people have. On July 5th, Jordan again texted Kimberly and told her that she would be talking to Cody Sunday night if the weekend didn't go well. She then stated that Cody had a temper and if Kimberly didn't hear from her Sunday night... 
then something probably happened to her. R- seriously? Yeah. She's really dramatic. I don't believe that. Like, by this point, if I was Kimberly, I'd be like, look, just go tear up the marriage certificate. They probably didn't even send it in yet. Quit texting me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't understand what the... You knew for the last year that you were getting married. Right. Why the sudden change? Mm. So, Cody had made plans on July 7th to go kayaking earlier in the day with his father-in-law, and then after that, he was going to play a round of golf with one of his friends. However, Jordan told Cody that she had a surprise for him that evening, so he canceled all of his plans for the surprise. Oh, he probably thought he was going to get some. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh. I got something special. Mm-mm. The evening of July 7th, Jordan and Cody attended church service together, and then they went to eat with friends at Dairy Queen. God, I, I wish I had a Dairy, Dairy Queen, Queen right here. Jesus Christ. Me Give me some too. Dairy Queen. <laughs> yes. Dairy Queen, if you're listening, please open up we one closer to us. We love you. <laughs> if you wanted to sponsor us with blizzards... We would not object. Even though we're on diets, we still would not object because mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't turning down Dairy Queen blizzards. <laughs> they left Dairy Queen around 8.30 and they headed home. Jordan again texts Kimberly stating that Cody is in a bad mood and she was nervous to talk to him. Really? In a bad mood? After church? Going to Dairy Queen? Yeah. I, don't think I could see why he'd be furious. Yeah. Expectations <laughs> of possibly enjoying his wife. Yeah. Like, I've been waiting for my surprise all day. When am I getting it? Yeah, I bet he's furious. Oh, God. <laughs> she said she was nervous to talk to him, and she was scared he would get angry and do something and then leave. She again reiterates that if Kimberly doesn't hear from her later that night, then something happened to her. Mm. I just want to punch her through the text messages. <laughs> Don't you wish that would be awesome? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good like bitch slap. Pow. Smack. On Monday, July 8th, Cody didn't show up for work. Oh, no. And this was unlike him because he was responsible and he had never just not shown up. Cody's good friend, who was also his boss, Cameron Fredrickson, was worried. Uh, he tried contacting Cody on his cell phone, but he didn't receive any answer. A little while later, Jordan calls Cameron and asks if Cody had shown up for work today. She then tells Cameron that last night, friends of Cody's from out of town showed up. She didn't recognize any of them. He left their house and never returned that night. Mm-hmm. After Jordan doesn't get any answers on what happened to Cody or where he was from his friend and boss, she texts Cody's mom asking if she had heard from Cody. Uh Uh-oh. Later that day, after no one had heard anything from Cody, several of Cody's friends and family showed up at Cody and Jordan's home to try and figure out where Cody was and what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the group included Cody's mom, his good friend Cecilia Llewellyn, Cody's brother, and Cody's friend Jacob Bell. The group got with Jordan to see if they could find any clues on where Cody was based on the last things he did last night. Okay, hang on. Jordan said that Cody left with some friends. Did she name those friends? No, because she said she didn't know who they were. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was outside in his garage, and they pulled up, and the next thing she sees is a dark-colored car leaving with Washington plates, and she doesn't know anybody from Washington. Oh, okay. Okay, so Jordan, she tells the friends and family that she didn't recognize the guys. Cody had texts telling her that he was going to go for a joyride with these friends and he'd be back. And then all she saw was a dark car pulling out of the driveway and the car's license plate had Washington mm-hmm. plates, which she must have some real good eyes because it's nine <laughs> o'clock at night <laughs> anyway. and you can see. Yeah. Whatever, Jordan. Whatever. Uh, she told the group that she didn't know anyone from Washington and wasn't aware that Cody knew anyone from Washington either. So this story could have been true. 
But his family and friends noticed that Cody had left without his keys. So how was he supposed to get back in the house that night? Uh, He didn't have his cell phone, Mm. which... I mean, nobody leaves without nobody their cell leaves phone. Nobody leaves without their cell yeah. phone now. It's freaking attached to you. Come yeah. on, murderer. Do um, better. Figure it out. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. Like, that's one of the big red flags for murderers. Like, why would you leave their cell phone behind? I know. Take it, turn it off, throw it away. Like, the first thing they see is a cell phone when they walk in the house and be like, yeah, he didn't run off on his own cell phones here. <laughs> right. That is the telltale sign. Yeah. They didn't go anywhere, bitch. They didn't go anywhere. Or they didn't go anywhere willingly because yeah. this is here. And, I mean, I guess... Makes uh, sense. Yeah. And so the information had Cody's friends and family feeling weird about the situation. hmm And to make Jordan look even better, they found out that afternoon that she never even reported Cody missing. <laughs> eh, he'll be back. No big deal. I'm, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. So Cody's friends and family went to the police station, and they filed the missing person's report. Good for them. Yes. Jordan told several different versions of what happened the night of July 7th. Mm. Her first version was that everything was normal that night. They didn't fight or argue. However, she had been texting Kimberly saying that they've been arguing all night. Right, yeah. And she was scared for her safety. Please come look for me if you don't hear from me. Right. Like, yeah, he's mad. Yeah, so were you fighting or were you not? I don't know. Nobody knows except for Jordan. The next story she told gave the police a suspect to look into in Cody's disappearance. (laughs) Jordan told police that while they were on their way home from Dairy Queen, Cody received a call from someone. And after he got off the call, he was in a really bad mood. Mm, And Jordan guessed that the caller was a guy named Jose who had owed him a lot of money. We're going with Jose. Yeah. Surprisingly, the guy's name is actually Jose. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I was like, oh, they come up with anything better, Jordan. Like, right. you're already sucking at this murder thing, and now you're using the most common name. It's yeah. almost saying, like, John Smith. Right. This Jose guy owed him a lot of money. Cody had been trying to get it back, and it was it was just not a good situation. Mm-hmm. So police began investigating this lead, and... They looked at Cody's phone records, and he did actually receive a call from a Washington number. Okay. And it was a man named Jose. What? Well. Yeah. So. She they, used part of the truth. They, I guess she did. So they get a hold of Jose, and they're like, you know, we heard you owe Cody money. We heard He's, you owe Cody money. You owe him some money. Yeah, bitch. I'm about to throw you over the bridge. <laughs> so shake down. And, uh. Yeah, y'all, y'all been having some issues. And yeah. Jose's like, no, I had a tool of his that I borrowed and then I misplaced it and I was calling him back to let him know that I found it and that I would get it back to him. And they're like, okay, well, do you have an alibi? Like, where were you? Well, he was in the hospital with his wife having a baby. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Which, one of my questions was, why were you... At the hospital calling your friend about a tool while your wife is in labor. I guess he, who knows? I mean, maybe it was a really long labor and he was like trying to take his mind off stuff. Yeah, labors can go on for a while. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was in his wife's car. And when he he took her to the hospital, he said, oh God, there's the tool. If I don't tell him now, I'm going to forget where I found it at. Yeah. I do that. I don't know. Things that just seem weird or have a regular explanation sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, so, which is, I guess, that good is for bit, Jose. That is a bit strange, but... Yeah, it's good for Jose. He has an alibi. He has plenty of witnesses to his alibi, and then his phone or, pinged at the hospital We don't know. Long. Maybe Cody texted him or called him and said, hey, 
do you have that tool? Did you ever find that tool? And maybe he was calling him back. Like, yeah, that could have, that could be what happened. That would yeah. make sense. Okay, so try again, Jordan. Yeah, try again. <laughs> she said that after this phone call, Cody was in a bad mood. And that they had gotten he thought he was getting his argument. tool back. Yeah, he's pissed. I'm getting my tool back. God damn it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all could have seen her, she actually did the hand motion. <laughs> getting all into this one. Jordan's got me mad. Jordan, be a bitch. Mm-hmm. We see you, Jordan. Got my eyes on you. Got my eyes on you, Jaqueline. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> Key and Pill, y'all are great. <laughs> yeah, we oh, love, we you, love too. you, Okay, so Cody's in a bad mood, and they got into a fight slash argument, and she told the police that Cody held her down during this argument, and she managed to get away from him. He then grabbed his car keys and scratched her with him. <gasps> I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but there was nothing else in the house that he could have scratched her with. Like, I just find that kind of random. You get out from underneath him, he's holding you down, you move, so he runs and finds his car keys and slashes you with them. She probably got scratched in whatever happened. That's what I'm thinking. And had to come up with something. Because, yeah. if I mean, a car key, like if you're scratched by car keys, multiple it might leave the same markings as fingernails. Fingernails. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the rest of the story, so I'm yeah. just... She's not really assuming. good at thinking on her feet, so... <laughs> okay. I mean, this is all she could come I up with. I can see that. <laughs> I'm not, she, he was probably like, oh, I'm mad. These keys are taking you down. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> oh, and I almost forgot... This doesn't really fit into the story anywhere, uh -huh. but Jordan also <laughs> told the police that after her and Cody text each other and read the message, they delete all of their messages. Oh, is that a fact? Yeah. Because like, most husbands and wives do that. Yeah. I don't delete any of my text messages. I go back and I still have Timu text messages from I six know. years ago. My phone is overloaded because <laughs> I don't delete. Me too. Every month or so I get an alert saying, hey, you're, you have no storage left. Please delete yeah. stuff. They're not having an affair. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you delete? They're not doing anything. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing going on, Jordan. Why? Why? First of all, why'd you bring this up? Second of yeah. all, why would you waste she your time? She wiped their phones out. Yeah. So, okay. We're 48 hours now from when okay. Cody had, was last seen or heard from. And Jordan's friends and family members have gathered at Cody's and Cody and Jordan's house. So his friends and family were there earlier, like the day before. Now her friends and family are there. And they're trying to find any clues to see if they can figure out where Cody went, who he went with, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody said that Jordan was really uncomfortable and acting weird the whole time. Mm. Kimberly stated <laughs> that at one point, Jordan got so angry, she took off her wedding ring and threw it across the room. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Angry at what? I, I mean, she's... It seems like a worried newlywed would do this. Like, I'm so angry because my husband's missing and everybody's trying to find him. Take this ring. Wait, okay. She she got angry after he'd been missing? Yeah, he's missing and she's getting pissed because people keep coming to her house wanting to comfort her and look to see if they can find anything oh. to lead to what happened to Cody. And she's like, he left. I told y'all. Oh. Like, why are y'all, why are you pushing the issue? He's an adult. He is gone. Because eh, he's obsessed with you and he wouldn't just leave. Right. He loves you. That's why he married you. Mm -mm. But, I mean, you know, Jordan, you've got your own way of thinking. 
mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people that talked to Jordan around this time mm-hmm. told police that she acted like she didn't even want to find Cody. Like, well, no, I mean, taking off your wedding ring and throwing it across the room is almost like, I know for a fact he's not coming back. Yeah. Like, that's how I take it. That's exactly how I would take it. Like, normally, if somebody would do that, I would think they'd be in a fight with their significant other mm-hmm. and do it, not throw it at one of your friends, like the maid of honor. But, I mean, to each their own. My first thought would not be that Flip Flop left me. Yeah. Just to leave me and never plan on coming back. I would be concerned, like, okay, whoever he went with, yeah. we need to find him and... We need to see what's going on. Something, something see what's bad going on. Happen. What happened to my Flip Flop? I'm kind of crazy, so if I couldn't get a hold of Chris and nobody knew where he was, I would probably jump to the worst possible thing that he was, like, kidnapped and murdered and, like, go That's freaking what I'm saying. nuts. If, yeah. he did, if he didn't come back for two days. Oh, yeah, shit. Two days. If he's not home that night, I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> where are you? But like, yeah, two days. I mean, you filed a police report. Shit's yeah. getting real. Yeah. How are you not upset? You're a newlywed. You yeah. should be extremely upset. Your husband leaves with a bunch of people you don't know. And you've been dating for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, no, and, Jordan. And he's never done this before. Yeah, come on, Jordan. Nah. Do better. Nah. I ain't buying it. Mm-mm. On July 10th, Jordan was visiting a friend and told her about an email that she had received from an account called, like the name of the account or the email was Mm -hmm. carmantony607 at gmail.com. She got an email? She got an email from somebody. Okay. I don't know how they got her email address, but they got it. Okay. So the email stated that once the cops backed off, Cody would come home. But Mm -hmm. later in the same day, she told a different friend about the same email and she told this friend... That Carman Tony stated in the email that Cody had been murdered. Now, oh. this email she's talking about, it's the same email, just two completely different versions. Uh, okay, so it's coming from Tony. They're both coming from Carman Tony. Yeah, well, there's only one email from Carman Tony, but she tells oh, one person. Oh, she's telling two ver- different yeah. versions of the same email. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so the first friend she talks to that day, Cody left. He's never coming back. The second friend she talks to that day, I'm just kidding, Cody's dead. Oh, Stop looking. Why? Oh, okay. How, what, what world are you in? Yeah. What? And, and, okay, you <laughs> murdered... When you tried to keep your story straight. Exactly. Like, how hard is it? You told two people. How hard is it to tell them the same thing? Yeah. Surprisingly, neither one of her friends asked to read this email, mm-hmm. but they did tell her that she needed to go and let the police know. Right. She also told one of her friends that she suspected Cody's friend slash boss Cameron had done something bad to Cody and was trying to frame her for his murder. <laughs> she stated what? that she felt like Cameron sent these emails, but was trying to make it look like Jordan had emailed them to herself. Like, seriously, Kelly, when our Carman Cameron, <sighs> I see it. I see it. <laughs> like, that's just, like, why? who in their right mind would think that? Got this email from some random guy, and I'm pretty sure it's my husband's best friend who is trying to frame me because he murdered him. His boss. He's coming back at me. That's his boss. Yeah. Who is the one that alerted people that he was missing? Which, there are some stupid murderers that do, oh my God, they're missing. It's like, why would you tell him that? But yeah. he's the one, like, hey, 
Cody's missing. This isn't like him. Where's he at? Anybody heard from him? It sounds like she's just trying to, she's panicking and she's trying to feed information out there. Like, yeah, it doesn't like, matter I mean, get everything what out. I'm going to point the finger at everybody else. Yeah. Trying to send the police on rabbit chases. Yeah. Like, yeah. get off of my seat. Yeah. Go, go. So, finally, she brings the email to the police and then she actually shows the police the email on her phone. And they're video recording this interview or Mm -hmm. talk with Jordan. And it says, hello, Jordan. My name is Tony. There's no bother in looking for Cody anymore. He is gone. I saw your post on Twitter and thought I would email you. He came over Sunday with some buddies and met up with him in Columbia. And I met up with him in Columbia Falls. He said he needed to be with some buddies for a bit and take them for a joyride before they had to go. So they said bye to me, and they took off in a black car for a ride. <laughs> Three of the guys came back and said they had gone for a ride in the woods somewhere, and Cody got out to go for a hike, and they are positive he fell and he's dead. <gasps> Jordan, I don't know who the guys were, but they took mm. off. So call off the missing person reports. Cody is gone for sure. Tony. Carman Tony. So when serious? That's a lot of detail. So, yeah. Like I saw him get in a black car for a ride. <laughs> and I found you on Twitter just yeah. by circumstance. And uh, yes. I yeah. see that he's missing. And mm -hmm. Cody's my friend that left with guys in a black car last night. You're married to a guy named Cody who's missing. So So did they both see in the same night or this is this is probably the Jordan that needs to know that her husband's dead. Probably it from is from falling off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Here we go. And this is, I mean, after 830, so it's dark. Why would he go to a forest? And then I'm going to go for a hike, guys. Mm -hmm. And then what do By himself. Ah! It just keeps getting more and more out there. Keep it simple. She's basically telling her story, but it was her. Yeah. I bet. I know. <laughs> like, it, this is definitely what happened, but it definitely was not me. Right. Per se. So, <laughs> it probably was not me. It was Jordan then tells the cops that Cody likes to go off-trail hiking in nearby Glacier National Park. Um, he went to a lot of places he enjoyed visiting that if he would fall from this location, you would not survive the fall. <laughs> Come on, Jordan. Really? Wowzers. On July 11th, six days, seven days mm -hmm, out, mm -hmm. Cody's friends and family have been doing grid searches at the National Park. They're handing out flyers. They're posting them everywhere. They're mm -hmm. trying to get his name picture out there. Mm -hmm. <sighs> well, Jordan goes and she looks this day. Mm -hmm. And it's her, her brother, her mom, and friends of hers and Cody's. They went to Glacier National Park. And Jordan's brother and a friend were in the car with her as they're driving through the park. And she keeps passing up all kind of stops that she could get out and look. Like, obvious places. Like, this is a good spot to go look. And her friend's like, man, like, you don't want to look at any of these spots. Like, where are we going? So they go up to an area called The Loop. And not a lot of people hike off of it because it's, it's not dangerous, but it's hard. It's a harder hike. Mm -hmm. But Jordan told them that... This was a place that Cody always wanted to see before he died. And <laughs> oh she knew that he would have come here. So she goes down this cliff edge. Like, where she went to get to the cliff, it was like rocky and stuff. It was not an easy walk to get mm -hmm. there. She looks over the edge and says, oh, I found him. Oh, no. Hell, hell, no, she did not. She did. No emotion. Just, nah, I found him. 
So Jordan's oh, brother. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I think that's him. Jordan's brother goes over and looks down because it's 300 feet to the bottom. Oh. He said it was hard to see that it was Cody, if it was Cody for sure, but he had a bad feeling that the dark object at the bottom of the cliff was his brother-in-law. And Mm -mm. he broke down crying on the spot, like Mm -mm. inconsolable. He loved Cody. Cody was a great guy. So after they find him, Jordan goes and she tells the park rangers what happened. Yeah, um, I guess he fell off the cliff. He's dead at the bottom. Mm. I mean... That's it. I'm going to get a burger from Dairy Queen. Everybody else is upset. And Jordan's just like matter of fact, like, yep, uh, must have fallen off the cliff. He died. He jumped. I don't know. Good God. You can't even fake it. No. Like, I understand everybody grieves differently, but you just saw the guy that you just married at the bottom. He's obviously dead and you're not upset at all. And that's a horrific way to die. Yeah. I think. Anyway, I'm scared of heights, but. Yeah. Well, Cody was scared of heights, too. So, oh, so that's why I like hiking in the dangerous spots at dark. At dark and so okay, living dangerously. I'm living on the edge, literally. While this is going on, the cops are doing a um, garbage lift from Jordan's house, and they find her wedding veil in the trash can. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, I still have my wedding veil. That's not something I would have thrown away eight days after my wedding, right? But you know, to each their own. So. Jordan goes to the police station and they want to interview her again because the park ranger called the police and was like, you need to like talk to her. This is something's weird. Something is not right. Right. Okay. Well, first they were like, okay, we'll bring her in and talk to her. But like, we don't even know if this is Cody. We can't, he's 300 feet down there. Well, the area that he was in was so hard to get to. Mm -mm. They said he was probably one of the first people to ever be in this area. Like, it was impossible to get down there unless you fell like off no the cliff. Like, no human had ever no been in that area. No human had ever been in that area. Oh, my gosh. They had an FBI agent tie a rope around his waist and mm-hmm. to a tree, mm-hmm. and he lowered himself down. Oh, my to gosh. To go and check to see if this is Cody. Wow. And when he got down there, he found one of his shoes, and it was 150 feet or so downriver from him. Cody was laying there. He... Didn't have a wedding ring on, and his wallet and everything was in there. Pulled it out, verified, yeah, you know, this is Cody. And then about 100 yards upstream from him, because he's in a little, like, creek. His face down in the little creek was where he landed. Okay. They find a black piece of fabric, and it's got hair in it. And come to find out, the hair is Cody's hair. So they're they're like, this is... I mean, this is real suspicious. They have to get a helicopter in there with a 200-foot lowering wire or rope or whatever Mm -hmm. to be able to load Cody's body up to get him out of there. Oh, my God. There was no other way to get him out. After this, or maybe even at the same time as this, but it's around the same time, Jordan is at the police station, and she's expecting to speak to the same detectives again because, I mean, I got stuff to do, but I guess I'll go (laughs) talk to you about my dead husband. I don't know. So she goes in, and Detective Stacy is in there, and... She's new, and Jordan's like, okay. So she tells her story again, and Jordan, we don't believe you. Mm-hmm. This isn't adding up. You're not upset. You almost seem happy that he's dead. Like, there's no emotion. Right. Yeah. Your story keeps changing. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So Jordan tells her, well, I really didn't want to sleep with Cody, so 
Uh, we went up there. We got in a fight. I pushed him because I was scared. He fell. And I just left. I was scared. Mm-hmm. You didn't think to call anybody? How did he get to the edge of this cliff? Like, it's hard to get to the edge of this cliff. It's not just like you're walking down the trail and you can, oh, look right here. No, like you have to go down jagged rocks and stuff. Like, is that really what happened? Mm-mm. That was her surprise. Yeah, that was her surprise. Well, come to find out, she had blindfolded Cody and told him that she was taking him on a romantic excursion. So the black fabric. The black fabric was a blindfold. That's why his hair was in it. <clears throat> and she brought him to the edge of the cliff and still blindfolded, she pushed him off. <sighs> That's some kind of evil. Yeah. Before this gets out. She doesn't believe in divorce, but she believes in murder. Yeah. Like, you'd rather kill somebody than divorce them? Yeah. So before all of this gets out, they have Cody's funeral and everybody's there. Everybody's upset. I mean, he's a 25-year-old guy. Sure. He died tragically. His wife is on her cell phone playing on it. I don't know. Maybe she was texting. I don't know who she'd be texting because everybody's at the funeral. (laughs) But she's going after it on her cell phone instead Mm -mm. of crying over her husband. Mm -mm. Can you imagine how his family felt? Like, looking over and seeing her playing on her cell phone and not crying, no emotions, almost (sighs) glad that he died. And she led them straight to where he oh, fell off a cliff. Like, yeah. knew exactly. Out of a whole national park? Yeah, I think it's like 15,000 acres or something. And she just happened to walk to the exact location that nobody would have ever thought to look at because yeah. it's dangerous and who would go there? Right. Well, while they're building a case <clears throat> against Jordan, they search up the IP address of Carman Tony. Okay. Carman Tony's account was created at Jordan's dad's house. Uh-oh. And two minutes after it was created, the email was sent. And that was it. No other information was ever accessed. This was a one-time thing. Yeah. Just so happened that the date and time that this was done, Jordan was at the house by herself. Oh, So she created okay. the email and yeah. sent it to herself. Yeah. So well, her parents must be so proud oh, of her. Oh, God, yes. I, I mean, they probably have pictures on her wall. This is her graduating high school. This is her wedding day. This is her mugshot. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is the trial day. Even like her stepdad was upset. They were supposed to go kayaking that day. Her brother had a freaking breakdown at the site because he couldn't believe, you know, he's dead. You're 25. You can't die. Like, that's horrible. How this happens. So they have the trial, and four days into the trial, Jordan decides that she's going to take a plea deal. They take first-degree murder off, and they do second-degree murder, 30 years in prison. And they also had um, charges for her lying to police, misleading a police Mm -hmm. investigation, Mm -hmm. and that was also removed in her plea. Well, I don't understand. Why did they give her a plea? I really don't know, because this would have been, I guess, maybe to save Cody's family from having to listen to everything, but... I mean, there's no way she would have won. Well, she really thought she could have won. Mm-hmm. And she decides that she's not going to take the deal after a little bit. She doesn't want to be in jail for 30 years. She doesn't deserve it. Oh, good. And um, the judge says, no, you're not getting an appeal. You agreed. You did it. Everything is against you. We're not putting his family through this. We're not spending any money. You're not getting another trial. You're done. So Jordan is currently in prison serving 30 years, Mm -hmm. and her release date is scheduled for 2040. Mark your calendars, Mark your calendars, people. Don't go hiking with Jordan. (laughs) Hide the men in your life if you are around Montana and Jordan. I wonder if she lost her virginity in prison. Huh. (laughs) I wonder if she knows that losing her virginity that way will not equal her getting pregnant. 
Probably not. Probably not. She's like, Mom, I've been kissing my cellmate every night, and I'm still not pregnant. I think I have fertility issues. I don't know what's going on. I just want to raise my family in prison. I just want to be a stay-at-home prison mom. A stay-at-home prison mom. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Cody. Oh, yes. That's so sad. Yeah. And, and so pointless. It, like It really is. Like He died for nothing. Why not call off the wedding? Right. Why not just say, hey, look, after the wedding, I made a mistake. Let's get an annulment. Yeah. He'd be upset. He'd be heartbroken. But you know what? He'd still be alive and he'd probably yep. be married to somebody else right now with lots and lots of babies. You're right. True. Well, this is very sad. Another sad one. Absolutely. Of course, we don't really ever deliver happy ones, do we? Yeah, I guess not. We don't. One day we will. Yeah. Be like, look, this bitch was so unwell. She won the lottery and she gave it all to me and Kelly. And Yay! happy ending. Happy ending. <laughs> bitch, you're so great. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it for today. Thanks for destroying my happiness a little bit today. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) We appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you liked it, please give us a good rating. You can listen on your favorite podcast platform with new releases every Friday. Just search for Bitch I'm Not Well. Send us suggestions for an episode at well at gmail.com because Gmail won't let us use bitch. Or visit our website at www.bitchimnotwell.com for more podcasts and our fabulous merchandise. We'll see you next week on another podcast about another crazy bitch who is truly unwell.